Extra time, Immaculate Grid. Grid 205. Four. Man, what is even today? Tuesday, the 24th. So we have the Rangers win game seven yesterday. Game seven tonight. Actually, probably just getting going while I'm recording this now. Between the Astro, no, that's the Astros yesterday, between the Diamondbacks and the Philly. But of course, this is the bonus show for Generations, talking about my sports generations. So that big show drops every Saturday at noon. Last Saturday was on sports and social justice. Don't be confused. There's two episodes up there listed. I left the original one with some technical issues up there just for the moment as uh, some of the analytics were getting done since that was the original episode that was loaded. And then the corrected version, basically I just cut out all of the technical issues and stitched it back together. So that episode is up. No video on that one, audio only. For whatever reason, the system was just choking on the preview for some reason it just kept giving me an error but check that episode out i think it is one of our better ones and steve and i think have a really good discussion on the line between sports and you know those that decide to speak out when they decide to speak out why they might decide to speak out and you know should they use their platform or not you know i'm the kind of person that's like you do you. There are both positive and negative feedback in anything and everything that you do. And each person has to live with those consequences accordingly. And consequences can be both positive and negative. You know, sometimes it it's believed that it's always negative consequences. And that's life. Right. Everything in life, you're as long as you're not hurting others, you're not defaming others, you're doing things, you know, that you believe are the right way. And someone else thinks, no, I, I, I disagree. And you don't infringe upon their ability for life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And they want to say, all right, I'm not going to listen to you. Or I'm not going to watch you or I'm not going to be your friend or whatever it might be. That's their decision. And, you know, that's one of the part of the social contract I think that we have, which is, hey, if you're going to be not that great of a person, I don't have to be around you. I don't have to consume your content. I don't have to be part of whatever it is that you're part of. And that's OK. And the people that like, well, you're covering free speech, you're preventing this. It's like, no, you got not allowed to do whatever you didn't whatever because people didn't want to hear from you simple as that whatever it is and um we talk about that so check that episode out and and maybe you're like yeah man i'm i'm with you jt so i'm in all the way i'm i'm with you steve awesome and you maybe you're like dude i just don't want that in in my sports hey that's okay too and you may think, hey, I don't I don't care what LeBron thinks or what Steph Curry thinks or whatever. You know, for the most part, I don't either. 
Like, I don't support things because, oh, LeBron James supporting Sprite. I don't drink Sprite. I definitely wouldn't drink Sprite just because it's endorsed by LeBron James. I think as an athlete, he's amazing. I think there's certain things that he does speak up for, and I think he does a fairly decent job at it. But I think he's got some other things being a public figure that exposes him to criticism. And probably the biggest one is probably China. And I think it's fair. And it's one of those things where, you know, he can decide to do one thing or not. He's a Nike athlete. And anything that has to do, you know, do with Nike, I think there are sustainability issues they have with their products. As with many shoe companies, I'm not absolving any of the shoe companies in this, but you know, they have issues with labor. They have issues with obviously manufacturing in China and those kinds of things. And LeBron is one of their athletes and LeBron has promoted the NBA in China. And, um, you know, there's obviously human rights issues. There are labor issues. You know, there's, you know, I'm not saying China is a bad place. I've been to China. My great grandfather's from China. He's never lived in the United States. But, you know, I don't have this enmity towards China, but there are challenges, obviously, with their country. But same with the United States. People can, you know, point a finger at us and, you know, say, hey, you you guys got, uh, you know, some pretty sketchy history, both recent and current and past. So, you know, you always got to be careful when you point that finger. You might have one or more pointing back at you. So check out that episode. I think it's it's worth a listen. And, um, you know, give us your feedback, your honest feedback. I mean, you could tell me to go to hell. That's fine. I don't mind. But tell me why. You know, I don't like the attack. Oh, you know, F you. Okay, why? At least let me know what you think so I understand better. Can't come to a an accord without understanding why. I think that's one of our challenges that we have. And it's kind of funny. I'm in D.C. actually right now for a conference as we're trying to figure out as a country who's going to be our next speaker of the House. And, you know, our Congress cannot conduct business until that happens. And it's just crazy to me that you have people playing a no-sum game thinking that this is some kind of well it's my way or the highway this is democracy we got to work together and then here we go i'm on another rant as i was yesterday when immaculate grid is the exact reason why i created the podcast which is to distract us from the craziness so that we can have just some hey let's have some light-hearted kind of deal yesterday you know baseball reference put square on you know players not inside the, well, the the original of what they posted was players not born in the u.s or something to affect not u.s citizens i saw it real early and then i didn't have time to do it but somebody had made a comment on instagram that it had actually been edited because when i went back to it i noticed it had changed but basically Whoever originally didn't, didn't understand or realize that Puerto Rico 
people born in Puerto Rico, basically since like World War II, they're U.S. citizens. It's like, hello, if you're born in a U.S. territory, you are a U.S. citizen. You don't have to be born in the contiguous, you know, 50 states. And uh, somebody was like, hey, yo, what's up with this? <laughs> and I'm right there with them. And then, then they edit it, you know, not born in the 50 states. And it's like, why do we even have that as a square? Let's 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 just move on from that. Let's just. So I went on a diatribe yesterday. So apologies. Um, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not trying to be sensitive to it. I just thought it wasn't very appropriate. And then we went on a tangent and then here we are going on another tangent and, you know, blowing the whole show. We do have a new category today, which is exciting, which is 2,000 plus Ks in a career. Typically, we've been doing 3,000 plus Ks. We've talked about 3,000 K Club. There's five members not in the Hall of Fame. Of those five, three are not eligible yet, and two are persona non grata. So go find those episodes. But 2000K is super fun because now we've got more. They included 2000 hits. So you go from 33 people to like 200. And, you know, now that we have, you know, 2000 Ks, we go from, you know, what is it, 1819 to 87. So that's, you know, got a lot more versatility here. And yes, we have 19 that have 3000. Or more, and Grinky's at the door. He's at 2,979. Is he done? Does he have one more? I mean, he only needs 21. Does he come back? I, I don't know. I actually haven't followed it this year. I know he wasn't, his season wasn't very good this year. Yeah, he was 2 and 15 with a 506 ERA. Woof. Struck out 97 in 142 innings. Ooh. Yeah, his last four seasons, 110 ERA plus, 103 ERA plus, 111 ERA plus, and then 87. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Zach Grinky, man. This guy, I think he's getting in. Cy Young, six-time All-Star. Six-time Gold Glover, two-time Silver Slugger, two-times ERA champ. Does he have a triple crown? He does not have a triple crown. But uh, I think he's getting in. I think I think Rinky's getting in. I mean, the guy's guy's pretty good. So let's get into the grid. We have, from left to right, we have the Kansas City Royale with cheese on the left-hand side. We have the Cubbies in the middle, and 2000 plus K, our new column on the far right-hand side. And then for the rows, top to bottom, we have Detroit Rock City, Motor City Kitties, and the White Sox in the middle, and then the Angels. The Los Angeles, California Angels of Anaheim of Anaheim. So top left-hand square for Kansas City and Detroit, we went Pat Sheridan. So there's a weird – so Pat Sheridan became a giant. 
And the way he became a giant was like this weird turn of events. So the Giants had Mike Aldretti. And Mike Aldretti was, you know, he was a solid bench player, you know, part-time outfielder, left-handed hitter, good eye, good contact guy, solid player. And I'm guessing 88 or 89, you know, batted 300 and maybe, I don't know, a couple hundred at bats. I'm not looking at it at present. This is all by memory. And I remember Aldretti had some clutch hits against the Dodgers in the regular season. And he was a fan favorite, at least for me. I liked Mike Aldretti. And then inexplicably, and I don't know why, but this was the weird thing. The Giants always seemed, even today, and this is one of the things where you look at over large swaths of time, and then you wonder, man, even though you have different ownership, you have different general managers, different executives, but then the team still kind of have the same, I don't know, or exhibit the same behaviors. Somehow they got infatuated with Tracy Jones, and he was an outfielder for the Reds, and he wasn't any better or any worse than Aldretti, and so the Giants traded them straight up, which was weird. And this was in the middle of the season. And I don't know, as a kid, I don't remember why. I was very confused about it. And then looking back at it today, I don't remember why or couldn't figure out why, what the what the motivation was. And Aldretti was, again, he was a solid player. Plus, he was left-handed. A left-handed bat off the bench, right? It's always valuable, especially a guy that can make contact. And so the Giants trade him for Tracy Jones. Tracy Jones does nothing for the Giants. In fact, he's worse, right? If you looked at this trade initially, you'd go, okay, yeah, I mean, they're basically the same guy. Nothing, you know, nothing crazy. It's not like, oh, you know, terrible trade or anything like that. It's more like, hey, here's our guy. We we liked him. He was a fan favorite. You know, let's keep him on the team. There's no reason to get rid of him or at least no reason – on face value that I could think of or, or understand as a kid, or even, you know, looking at it again today, but you know, Tracer Jones was all right, backup outfielder. So you're basically trading like for like, and it wasn't really much out of it. And Tracy Jones was right-handed Aldredi bad left. So you'd think with a left-hander, you just off the bench is better and you're getting another bench guy. Good. Well then Tracy Jones comes over and does, You know, bats 186. I'm looking at it now. And then the Giants turn around and trade him for Pat Sheridan. So it was like, what were you doing? You're going backwards. Like, you had Aldretti. He was solid. Not spectacular. Solid. You trade him for Tracy Jones. Jones basically is terrible. And then you flip him for Sheridan. And Sheridan bats 205. It was like, what, what was the whole purpose on that? And then uh, several years later, Aldredi is going to go to the Clevelands. So he goes to Montreal. He goes to the Clevelands. And then he winds up on the Yankee, 96 Yankees, and he wins the World Series. <laughs> it's like, what, what are we doing here? A trade to make a trade. And it wasn't like Aldredi was, you know, a crazy salary or anything like that. It was just, again... The Giants seem to be infatuated with other teams' players, and what they had in place was no better or no worse. And so, what's the point? 
And in this situation, it wasn't like a salary dump or anything. So it's just, it was always weird. Anyway, Pat Sheridan. That was a long story about Pat Sheridan, 2% for this square. Cubs in Detroit, Rock City, Willie Hernandez. We've gone through Willie Hernandez's career. We've gone through the reliever hole episodes. Go check all of those out. 3%. He was a Cub. Kind of, eh. Goes to Detroit, wins MVP, and wins Cy Young for the 84 World Series team. And he had a couple of teammates that could arguably have been, if you wanted to pick the best player on the best team, be MVP. We're not going to rehash it because we got lost on tangents already. 2000 Ks, Detroit, it allowed us to go Frank Tanana. I mean, he's got almost 3000 Ks, but we haven't been able to use him. And now we can. Frank Tanana, classic guy, fireballer, lost his stuff, turned into a pitcher, learned how to you know throw, pitched a long time. Frank Tanana, 57.1 career war. I mean, you know, 240 wins, 236 losses. I mean, if you go play 19 years old, California Angel comes up, 1973. Plays for the Angels for eight years. Those teams were bad. We've talked about it. I mean, they've had a, they had a couple shining lights, but I mean, for the most part, mediocre to bad. Then an 81 Red Sox, bad. And then he goes to Texas. From 82 to 85, he's a Ranger. And he goes to the Detroits the year after they win the World Series. And it's just heartbreak for the Tigers because they're either getting bounced in the playoffs or they're second or they're third, but they're only a few games out. Um, I'm pretty sure there was a season they were battling with the Torontos at the very end and lost it at the very end. But he goes to the Detroits. He's a Met. He's a Yankee. Three-time All-Star, ERA title, but doesn't get the chip. But in 1975, he struck out 269 dudes in 257 innings. And the next year, he strikes out 261 and 288. But then you go, I mean, granted, at this point, well, I mean, let's even go to his 1985 season. So he's 31 years old. 107 Ks on 137. So he clearly lost a lot. And you can see that, you know, in a lot of the power pitchers after they lose their stuff, you know, what happens. Kansas City and the Sox, that's the left-hand middle square. And we went Bo. I went Bo here because I have not used Bo Jackson yet. So we are on grid 205. I started playing around 100. I started doing this podcast a few episodes later. And I went back and I've done, of the first 100, I probably have gone back now and done about half, another 50 or 60. I have not used Bo Jackson one time. And so I went Bo even though that I figured he would be a higher score, 19%, I just wanted to bring up Bo. Here's the funny. Because he was playing football, especially during some of his early years before he got hurt, he was only playing like 120 games. He played 135 games. That was his career high. That was 1989. That's when he opens up 
the 89 World um, All-Star game hitting the home run off Rick Russell. Rick Russell, at the time, a giant. He hits 32 home runs. He has 105 RBI. And, uh, you know, he's starting to, at that that season, he's a few years in, we're starting to see the potential, the raw skills that he had turn into baseball skills. And then, of course, he gets basically hurt um, that following season at the end. And he only plays 111 games, but he goes plays for the Raiders. And then, of course, he gets hurt in the playoffs against the Bengals. But Bo Jackson, you know, go back and you look at the YouTubes, you look at his throw where he, you know, gets Harold Reynolds out at home plate. You see the catch where he runs, you know, kind of on the wall, his home run again, the all-star game. I mean, the guy was phenomenal. And I had the opportunity to meet him. Strangely enough, it was a work event. And he was, he had a partnership with a company called Aramark. And for those that aren't familiar, Aramark does a lot of, you know, uniforms for businesses. They do a lot of services like rugs and, you know, those kinds of things, cleaning of, um, you know, those types of materials for businesses, office buildings, those kinds of things. But they also have an event business where they put on corporate events for their clients. And Bo had a kind of a prestige version of that, that he had created a partnership with them. And I got to meet Bo Jackson at an event where I helped Aramark um, win an award. Basically, they weren't won an efficiency award and they were being um, given kind of recognition for retrofitting one of their facilities in South Chicago, South side of Chicago, and, you know, creating jobs and creating efficiency and fixing the building and doing all kinds of great things for the community. And Bo was there to help with the ribbon cutting of that facility being reopened. And there was a lot of emissaries kind of thing. So I got to meet Bo and I got to talk to him and it was great. I, I got my picture with him. We chatted about, you know, the run in, in Seattle. And um, and I told him I didn't even think that was his greatest run. And he's like, really? And I told him, I said, no, your best run was in Denver. And he smiles and he knew exactly what I was talking about. There's a play which I've I've tried to find on the YouTubes, but there's a play. The run is, I mean, it's a, I don't know, the memory serves maybe a 15 yarder, 20 yarder, but he comes around and Steve Atwater and Dennis Smith try to sandwich Bo. And Bo just throws both of them off and they try to knock him down and he just bowls them over and goes for another, you know, whatever, five or 10 yards. But as soon as I said Denver, his eyes lit up like he knew exactly what I was talking about. And that made me so happy because I was like, whoa, he remember like he remembers this because, you know, when I told him because he was had this little video that was running showing his highlights. And I told him, I'm like, man, that's not even your best run. And he laughed. He's like, what do you mean? You know, and I'm like, no, Denver, man. And he goes, really? And then he, you could tell that he wasn't sure at first. And then the look on his eyes and I go, yeah, Dennis Smith, Steve Atwater. And he's like, oh, and then he hugged me after that. He hugged me. I was like, yeah, I'm like, oh, cause you know, I was a big Raider fan. 
even though that, you know, the Raiders had a losing record when Bo started and the whole thing. I mean, Marcus was my guy. So, you know, Marcus got relegated to fullback and all that. But, you know, having Bo Jackson, the greatest athlete potentially ever um, since Jesse Owens. But um, having Bo Jackson was 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 cool. And then being able to meet him and then how it was almost like he had like this respect like, oh, you know, football, like, you know, yeah, that that run in Seattle was cool, but. Running through, you know, Dennis Smith and Steve Atwater, that that's that's football. And so he, he's like, he brought me in, dapped me up. I was like, yeah, yeah. So I got my picture with Bo. Super, super fun. So I just wanted to use Bo there, even though I knew he might be a little bit high. So 19 percent. You know, we could have gone Jermaine Die, I guess. There are a few other guys that we could have gone, but I went Bo. For the middle, we got Sox and Cubbies. I went Lance Johnson. You know, of course, he, he's had some 200-hit seasons. Dude stole a whole bunch of bases um, when he was with the White Sox and then Mets. Finished off with the Cubbies. Then for Sox in 2000K, I went PV here, 7%. Of course, long time. Padre goes to the Sox, then to the Giants, and he gets his uh, couple World Series wins there. Bottom row, we've got Royale with Cheese and the Los Angeles, California Angels of Anaheim. Of Anaheim, so we went Mark Gubitsa, of course, the last vestiges of Gubitsa in that '97 season, I believe, four percent. Then Angels and Cubbies. Jim Edmonds had his stray uh, hub season, 9%. And then lastly, 2,000 plus Ks, Mark Langston, 4%. And uh, mid-90s going to the Angels, watching Langston and Finley throw BBs, and then watching Jim Abbott, Jim Abbott throwing junk <laughs> and just – you go in consecutive days, you know, seeing either Langston or Finley just throwing BBs. I mean, it just looked like they're throwing darts. And then Abbott pitches, you know, either between them or after them. And Abbott's just, everything's just junk. I mean, don't get me wrong. This stuff's got crazy movement. And I've told this story before. You know, there's no way I'm hitting it. But, I mean, it just looks so slow, just the difference. And trying to be a hitter. It's like, oh, I'm facing Chuck Finley or, or Mark Langston today. And and tomorrow I have to face Abbott. And then the following day, it goes back to either Finley or Langston, who I didn't face the day prior. So I'm getting BBs, movement, BBs. And, you know, Langston, you know, I, I think he threw harder than, than Finley. But both those guys threw hard. It was just sinker. Sinker, slider, fastball, sinker, slider, fastball, sinker, slider, fastball. So these things are coming in like BBs and the late movement that was coming off of them. And then you see Abbott and his stuff is just looks it looks like a beer league softball pitch. But the movement and the break on the stuff that Abbott was throwing was crazy. Anyhow, hopefully we can. It's on me, right? I'm the host. Hopefully we'll, you know, just. Talking baseball, having fun, immaculate grid. Let's keep this rolling. Share your grids. Give us some feedback. Tell me I'm, you know, shut up and shut up and just talk about baseball. That's okay. Tell me in jest. Tell me in real. 
just having fun. It's a point of all this. Take our mind off the crazy stuff. But this is the bonus show. This is Immaculate Grid Extra Time. It's 2.05. Grid number 2.05. It is Tuesday, the 24th. And this is the bonus show for Generations. Talking about my sports generations. We got a lighter show this Saturday. We know we've been hitting you with some hard stuff. It's a light show. Check it out. Check out last week's, though, if you haven't heard it. It's 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 a good show. It's a good show. Give us feedback. All right. Cheers. Have a good one.